Welcome to the How Did They Do It Real Estate Podcast. Have you ever wondered how people succeed in real estate and what steps they took to get there? If so, this podcast is for you. Your hosts, Sayla and Eileen Prack, interview top experts in the real estate community to share with you their real estate journey and how they achieved massive success. Our goal is to provide you with valuable real estate resources and to help you apply it to your own real estate goals. Welcome to today's episode of the How Did They Do It Real Estate podcast. I'm your host, Eileen Prack. And today our guest is Tim Kelly. And he is a real estate investor, educator, a best-selling author, speaker, high-performance coach. And he's also sitting on the board of directors for Active Duty Passive Income. He's also served in the U.S. Navy as a chief petty officer after 15 years of service. So Tim, welcome to the show. And thank you so much for being here today. Why, thank you, Eileen. It's an absolute pleasure. Thanks for having me. So, Tim, can you share a little bit more about your background and how you got started with real estate? Yeah, absolutely. Love uh, love the story. It, it, hopefully, it resonates um, with anybody listening. But I served uh, in the military. I was, I was in the Navy for 15 and a half years. Um, and I got out November of 2020, thanks to real estate and business. I was able to, you know, kind of do an easy transition, didn't have to do my full 20 years. And of course, I was looked at like I was absolutely crazy. Like I had two heads like, well, we are 15 and a half. Why don't you get out? So and here's why, because um, about year nine or 10, I was in stationed at in Norfolk, Virginia, aboard the uh, USS Baton LHD-5 is amphibious, amphibious assault ship. So I went on a long deployment, um, like eight or nine months. And so pr- to prepare for that deployment, I just got a bunch of books. I was always curious about just you know wealth building personal finance how people get rich how people accumulate and keep their money um and so i read a bunch of books i just saw a pattern of real estate investing got the bug on that deployment got off that deployment immersed myself in education invested in education invested in coaching and mentorship just was was listening to all kinds of podcasts just really just diving in and um, this is, I think, what really helped me. I, I kind of did that with the intentions of choosing one niche and going all in. And and it could be very, very, very overwhelming if you're like learning about real estate, so many different asset classes, so many different concepts and strategies, um, creative and traditional. And so I kind of focused on commercial and multifamily investing. And so you know, quickly after that deployment, I, I was focusing on apartment complexes and mobile home parks. And so that was in about in 2016. And then I transferred to Pensacola, Florida, where I was stationed next. And that month, I actually closed on a fourplex with the intentions of house hacking using a 203k FHA loan, incredible tool, um, highly recommend house hacking uh, for a first or even just as a recommended strategy while you're investing. And then, you know, a few months later, closed on my first apartment complex while I was still active duty. Uh, A few months later, got another triplex using the VA rehab loan. A lot of people know the VA loan uh, is an amazing benefit for military members, a 0% down loan. But a lot of people like the 203K FHA loan, you could wrap the cost of rehab into that. So got a fourplex with the 203K loan, got an apartment complex, we syndicated it. And then ended up getting a triplex with a VA rehab loan right after that. Then a few months after that, bought my first mobile home community um, all while I was active duty. And that kind of 
then I was off to the races, just focusing on apartment complexes and mobile home parks. And then I was on the Bigger Pockets podcast in 2018. And the co-founder of now this incredible military real estate investing education community that I'm sitting on the board for is Active Duty Passive Income, where we're helping other uh, men and women, past and present uh, military members and their families on how to create wealth, build financial freedom through real estate investing and owning more of America, you know, the land they sort of protect. Um, So that's kind of what I'm doing really full time now. And I got ended up deciding to get out, you know three or four and a half years short of my pension because I was creating, you know, passive income through all of my real estate. And I was also just helping build this incredible community, uh, which is, you know, added more streams of income. And it was just, I was way more passionate about that than I, what I was doing uh, in the Navy. So that's a little bit about a little bit about me. So when you got started with real estate, did you have a background in like, what was your understanding of real estate before you got into the space? Yeah, great question. So 2011, I was stationed in Virginia Beach. That was like my first introduction because that's when I first used my VA loan, a 0% down loan to get into a nice home. And it actually had a a personal home for yourself. Yeah, just a single family residence. It was just my my personal primary residence. And it was a nice home in a nice neighborhood. And it was single family with master bedroom upstairs and a master bedroom downstairs. And this is before I, I knew what house hacking was. But I'm like, why don't we just rent out this, you know, this master suite? I'm like, when our family can co- comes over, they could just use the other guest room um, because they'll just come and stay for a couple of days here and there. So that's what I ended up doing. It ended up being my first house hack and my first live and flip, you know, and because I, I just wanted to force appreciation. And b- again, before I knew anything about real estate investing, and that's kind of what like sparked my interest a little bit, like the initial spark. And then I went on that deployment three years later and read all those books and kept seeing. So I enjoyed the process of looking at homes. I enjoyed the process of being able to house hack. I enjoy the process of being just fix the bathrooms, you know, spruce up the kitchen. Boom, you got a bunch of value. And so that's kind of was my first introduction uh, to real estate was back in 2011 when I used my VA loan for my primary. So then how did you get from thinking about single family into, you know, learning about the syndication space, mobile home parks, and then getting into these other niches? Yeah, I mean, the more I was reading and and like I was going to seminars, was investing in education. So I got exposed to all the different asset classes, all the different concepts and how people make money. And it's like, you know, I was active duty. I was in a deployable status. It's like, I don't think buying one single family home and turning it into a rental at every duty station will be enough, you know, enough at that point. And that's a great, great strategy because if you do that for 20 years, I mean, you'll be out with eight to 10 to even more single family homes producing cash flow. That is a great strategy for for anybody um, willing to execute that. But I was like, man, I'm not that patient. I want to scale, um, you know, in the next couple of years, I want actual options that I could get out of the military before my 20. Um, and that's really what interested me in commercial multifamily and the fact simply that residential real estate, you have no control of the value. The surrounding marketplace, the surrounding comparables of those properties dictates the value. You have no control. Commercial multifamily, you have almost all the control. Of course, your local market will dictate you know, the cap rate and everything, but you have control of your tenants. 
You have control of when the rents can get boosted. You have control of the service you provide. You have a lot more control of the actual value of commercial multifamily property. And that's another thing that really interested me. And just the scalability and you don't have to do everything yourself. You partner. Um, and the military really teaches you a lot about being a team player, hard work, you know, grit, resilience, leadership, discipline, like transitioning out of the military, people are so hungry and they have so many good skill sets and characteristics, which is why a lot of companies like, you know, working with military members. But that's another reason why I'm so passionate about helping other military members create financial freedom in real estate. Um, that's probably some of the initial reasons why. But the more I learned about commercial multifamily, the more I was just attracted to it. And then I never again focused on residential real estate. So once you started learning about commercial real estate, what did you do to get into the space and start, you know, networking and ultimately get your first deal? Yeah, I love that. So I'll tell you kind of a little bit of a story to really help drive it home. You know, ultimately, this is what we talk about in in active duty passive income all the time. Like, what are what's the process? Like, what does that look like? What should you focus on? It's really like four things: you you learn, you network, you add value, and you take action. Like, so you, you learn as much as you can. You educate yourself. Of course, you have to get educated. You should invest in yourself. So you actually get solid education network. You surround yourself with other people doing it because most people at their W2 are in the military and your work center. You can't talk about creating massive wealth or, or living a financially free life uh, with most people because most people look at you like you're crazy. Like, who do you think you are? Like buying a hundred unit apartment complex, you're active duty. Like, why would you think you could do that? So learn, network, add value, meaning learn how you could add the most amount of value to the space, you know, based on your skill sets and your characteristics, and then take action. So learn, uh, learn, network, add value, take action is is really it. And, and for me, when I was transferring from Pensacola, Florida, or I'm sorry, from Virginia Beach, Virginia, to Pensacola, Florida, when I was um, PCSing on my permanent change of station, I knew I was going to be focusing on commercial multifamily. But I didn't have any experience. I was kind of dabbling, meeting with brokers, taking, you know, doing some property walks in Norfolk, Virginia Beach area. But I got orders to Pensacola. The minute I got orders, I knew I was going to end up there. I started networking, connecting with people ahead of time in Pensacola, which is why, if you remember, the minute I transferred that same month, closed on a fourplex, six months later, closed on an apartment complex. And so, Obviously, this might not be relatable for a lot of people unless you're getting ready to move or whatever. But if you are getting ready to move and, and you know when you're going to move, start today getting involved with people. And again, the active duty passive income platform is incredible. We have local meetups like where all the bases are. Um, and there's obviously a huge online platform. So leverage you know, your online groups, leverage the local real estate investment associations, the local RIAs to just get to know the people that are actually doing deals in that market and make sure you know exactly who you are, what you do and how you could add value. And then what you're looking for, like create your elevator pitch. And the minute I transferred to Pensacola, I went to the RIA every single month and anybody who I talked to, I told them I was a commercial multifamily investor. And so if you could clearly articulate who you are, what you do, what you can offer people and how you add value, and then what you are looking for and just be crystal clear about it, people are going to take you a little bit more serious and believe that you know what you're talking about just because you sound like you know what you're talking about. 
Um, and so that that's what I did. And that's where I found my partners and the broker where I um, we found our first apartment complex. Um, and, and so does that answer your question? I kind of went all over the place a little bit, but um, does that answer your question? <laughs> yeah. So so when you were walking the properties and things like that, and you were building up your network, how did you figure out what your strength was and what kind of value you'd be able to bring to a team? Yeah, that's that's great. I mean, this is something that we actually focus on now in the Active Duty Passive Income platform. We have a military multifamily academy, take you through a cohort, small group. And then by the end, you're going to know like what mastery level you have. And, and so you have an acquisition specialist, someone who finds the deals. You have an underwriter, a deal analyzer. You have an asset manager who manages the manager. And then you have a capital raiser. Those are kind of like the four functions. Um, sometimes people cross over. If there's only two people, obviously they, they split those roles. But for me, I didn't actually figure that out until I did a couple deals. You know, it's like, I'm down with this partnership. Let's do this without even really having a whole lot of knowledge, without even creating a partnership agreement, without even knowing how we were going to split up compensation. I don't recommend that, right? Learn from my mistakes because, you know, smart people learn from their own mistakes, but geniuses learn from other people's mistakes. So learn from my mistake. Before you get into a partnership of any kind, make sure you know exactly what function or role you're going to play. And same with all the partners and make sure you know exactly how you're going to be compensated for that before you close. Right. Then, you know, after a couple of deals, I realized I like talking to brokers and kind of just looking at opportunities, not a numbers guy. That's left brain analytical. I'm completely the opposite. I would rather go build relationships and then raise capital and show people an opportunity how they can create wealth. And so I really kind of was learning the whole acquisition process. And then I gravitated toward the capital raising and investor relations function. Um, so at this point, that's really what, what I do. I, I'm, I'm overseeing kind of as like an advisory role, the operations and the asset management, but I'm, I'm not boots on the ground and I don't do the day-to-day -day communication with the property manager. But at this point, I'm, I'm really acquisition specialist, able to help get it closed, whatever is required, and then capital raising to get it closed, bringing my own capital, and then kind of overseeing investor relations. Um, but it did take a couple a couple deals. But know that if you know that upfront, that is the quickest and best way to build partnerships um, and to get into your first deal. If you could be explicitly clear, like I said, who you are, what you do how you could offer value and then what you're looking for. Like if you're, you know, you're an underwriter and you could source deals, you're looking for the capital raiser and the asset manager. Be very clear about that when you're networking and when you're sharing, you know, your elevator pitch with people um, during networking events or anywhere really. So especially for you, when you first started out, you talked about how, you know, you were still building up your knowledge base. You weren't really quite sure. You're still learning at that point. Um, and then you were able to get into the partnership and then start building up your knowledge base, learn it along the way. Yeah. At that time, when you got into your first couple of deals, how did you know that they were good deals or what led you to the, make the decision to get into those deals and partner up with the people that you did? Yeah, you have to have the numbers know the numbers to a certain extent. Um, I did trust and rely on on my partners who were the underwriters during those deals to essentially be the one to to run the numbers with 
an understanding of of what at the end ultimately does this make sense for us? Is it going to cash flow day one? Are we going to be able to provide our our investors a you know a pref, a decent return, a split that we're looking for that makes sense in the marketplace? Um, understanding because you, if you don't have a general concept of how to talk about the cap rate or how to talk about the market due diligence and your financial due diligence, you might not be very successful as a capital raiser because you're going to have questions from your investors about that. And they might be throwing some detailed questions about the numbers and about the returns. But if you could simplify it in Barney style, like, look, this is a 506B where where you're my friend. This is for friends and family only. If you invest 100K, this is exactly what you could expect. You know, 8% pref, cash on cash return, 70-30 split, whatever it might be. Um, So I wasn't the one to like punch all the figures in and determine what what our prospectus would look like, but you have to know it enough and have a great relationship and have enough trust in that individual to do the numbers, but you have to understand it enough in order to be able to speak it. And your whole team should really be able to talk about the deal um, in that way, because when it's crunch time, maybe there's one person in charge of capital raising and investor relations, but especially for your first couple of deals, if it's a new team, everybody's going to be capital raising and bringing as much capital as they can into the deal, most likely. Um, So you guys should all be able to kind of talk about a deal in that way. So bring it to today. And what's your focus on now? Yeah. So I always prefer uh, to be the LP. And the other thing is I like to KP and guarantee loans for people using my balance sheet and my my background and my experience. Um, But I get deals brought to me, the, the specific as I can get right now, my criteria, you know, definitely multifamily and apartment complexes, definitely mobile home communities, definitely self storage facilities and car washes. Um, and so those asset classes are kind of what I'm willing to look at. And then the team is probably the most important. Like, what is their track record? I can go down a whole kind of seminar, how to vet a, a GP before you invest as an LP. Um, but I like being a general partner and a limited partner in deals. But I also enjoy advising, you know, the acquisitions and the operations, helping the team close a deal, KP, balance sheet, liquidity, whatever is needed. I like just helping teams close and then kind of over helping them oversee operations. Um, but also as an LP, depending on the deal and, uh, you know, how, how the team, what the team's track record is um, at that point. What's your sentiment on the real estate market today and how is that impacting how you're investing uh, coming into the next year or so? Yeah. I mean, here's the thing. A lot of people are sitting on the sidelines, not even looking. There are deals out there. I can tell you because I'm I'm seeing them um, and people who have been holding assets with right debt structures and that matter managed properly are could be crushing it. My mobile home communities are actually outperforming my apartment complexes, you know, overall, um, the interest rates, I would expect them to go up. Don't expect them to go down, you know, expect this to be the new normal. I'm telling you, like, if you're hoping that they'll go down, don't like, if you're basing your underwriting on expecting interest rates to go down and cap rates to go up, don't like stay conservative. I don't think they're going to fluctuate much from where we are now. I, I think people should anticipate this environment today as the new normal. Interest rates right now are the new normal. But there are opportunities. I won't say there are opportunities everywhere, but there are deals out there. Just understand that there are people sitting on the sidelines 
you know, not even looking because they don't think they're our deals or they're looking it through the wrong frame or lens, but also understand there's a lot of capital out there waiting to get placed into these deals. A lot of liquidity, a lot of capital partners, potential LPs who are just waiting to be approached with a with a solid deal. And they know there's less deals than there were, were like six, 12 months ago. But the future is only going to get brighter. I think um, there's going to be more opportunities, you know, as we pr- proceed through 2024. Um, but uh, that's high level. That's kind of my thoughts on on everything. So, Tim, how has real estate investing impacted your life? Obviously, in a lot of different ways, it, it helped me exit out of a job that I didn't love into a, a place where I could work wherever I want with whoever I want. I could live anywhere I want and just travel whenever I want. But I think what happened that I have really harnessed is it forces you to improve and continue to work on yourself, like personal and professional development. If you're not continuing to grow as a person, you might not see yourself grow, at least at the rate that you want to as an investor. The more you grow as a person, um, the more you're going to grow and develop as an investor. And, and that's one of the reasons why I became a certified high-performance coach. Love getting one-on-one with people, love getting into the challenges and things that are holding them back. And this is about improving your clarity, your confidence, your communication, your ability to lead um, and and attack your goals and stop holding yourself back. Um, so the more you continue to learn and be curious and read and consume content that's relevant to your goals, I think the quicker you'll be able to achieve them. And so I really like that about real estate. It kind of put me in a place of optimal, continuous growth and being a forever student. And what is the one thing that you know now about real estate that you wish you knew when you first started? Um, I would say I would have chose like larger commercial multifamily deals quicker. It took me like about a year to make that determination um, and then just hone in and dial in and focus on it. But the next level after that would be to figure out what function and what your superpower is and how you could add the most amount of value up front and be very clear about it um, before you get into your first deal, you know? And so I'd probably say that. Um, Yeah, I'll just leave it at that for right now. And what is the one thing that sets the successful people apart in real estate investing? Man, um, 100% mindset, you know, but that can go in a lot of different directions. Um, I love teaching and talking and reading about how to master your investor psychology. And so when I talk about mindset, I'm talking about your ability to be resilient during adversity, your ability to be disciplined to continue to grow 1% every single day towards your goals um, and making sure that you are around the right people, that you're allowing the right people in your space, in your brain, in your life. A lot of people who are listening to this may have heard some version of, you know, you're the average of the five people you surround yourself with. And I, I would encourage you to take this one step to really put that on paper and write down on a on the left side of a piece of paper, turn it horizontally, like who are the people you spend the most time with, the 10 people you spend the most time with, and what is their age, what is their level of happiness, what is their income, what is their net worth, 
What is their family dynamic? Are they single? Are they married? What you know? And how much do they give? All these different characteristics. At the bottom, you're that you know cumulative average, and you probably can't argue that. And if you did that, you'd probably be pretty close to on point. And but putting it on paper, you'll get a really good look at it. And that's so important, man. Who you know, power proximity is absolutely profoundly impactful in your life and who you're surrounding yourself with. But um, it, it's really about continuing to grow, continuing to develop resilience, continuing uh, no matter what. You never fail, you learn. You know, you either win or you learn. It, just remove failure from your vocabulary, turn that into a seminar or a learn, you know, something that you learned that way you won't have to make it the same mistake again. Um, so, yeah, that's about it. All right, Tim. And where can our listeners find out more about you and what you're doing in this space? Yeah, so it's pretty simple. All of my handles are at the Timothy Kelly. So Instagram at the Timothy Kelly, Facebook, Facebook backslash the Timothy Kelly. And then I'm probably most um most active on LinkedIn. And if you're not, get on LinkedIn if you actually care about growing your business and growing as a person. And at, on LinkedIn, I'm at the Timothy Kelly. Uh personal website with kind of all the things I'm doing is the Timothy Kelly.com. Um, and so other than that, if this resonated with you or you want to chat with me one-on-one, just shoot me a text. Um, and we will get on a call and you can reach me at area code 847-910-9161. And we'll get on a call and see how I can help you. Thank you so much for all your time today, Tim. Appreciate it. You're very welcome. And thank you for listening to our podcast today brought to you by Bonavis Capital. We would really appreciate it if you can go to iTunes right now and leave a rating and written review. Also, please don't forget to subscribe so you can always get the latest episodes. You can also connect with us on Facebook, How Did They Do It Real Estate. We'd love to hear your feedback and any topics that you're interested in for future episodes. If you're anything like Zayla and me and believe that real estate investing is a great way to create passive income and build long-term wealth, check out our free apartment syndication due diligence checklist for passive investors at bonavestcapital.com forward slash checklist. Zayla and I created this checklist for ourselves as we evaluated different multifamily syndication opportunities as a passive investor. So we would love to share it with you so you can use it as a resource as well. Download your free copy today at bonavestcapital.com forward slash checklist. Lastly, to learn more about us, you can go to bonavestcapital.com and fill out the contact us page so you can speak to us directly. Nothing on the show should be considered as specific personal advice. Please consult your legal, tax, and real estate professionals for individualized advice.